Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, my friends, and we're back. And today, we are going to talk about a request from my friend Jessica. This is all about mental health, and I thought, wow, actually, mental health and addictions. What a great topic, and it affects so many of us, right? Not just those with addictions, but their loved ones as well. So before we get into this, I want to preface with, remember, I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I am me, sharing my experiences with you. And what have we talked about so, so many times on all of this? What is the greatest force, not only on the earth, but in the universe, is love. And we also come into this planet with our soul teams, our soul pods, to explore and experience things that we cannot experience without a body. Well, food, drink, alcohol, drugs, all of those sensations are things we certainly cannot experience without a body. And there are always lessons to be learned. Even with food, it can be overindulgence, underindulgence. You know what? This is my big question. How can we be overwhelmed or underwhelmed, but we're never just whelmed? <laughs> okay, a little sidebar, but have you ever thought about that? I just want to be whelmed. When we are looking at exploring any sort of an addiction, I think there are many, many aspects to this, as are there in most of our human and non-human forms. All right, let's just look at someone who is becoming addicted to some substance. Why would they do that? Most often, there's going to be some psychological personality disorder or imbalance. And I am not even qualified to touch the surface on those. But what I do know is we all, as human beings, have certain emotional as well as physical needs. Now, in schools, they teach us the physical needs, or at least a few of them, food, water, shelter, space. But they don't really talk about, in America, they don't talk about our emotional needs. And yes, even men and boys have them. I think a lot of times when we're looking at addictions, just like gangs is another aspect where these emotional needs are not being met, so people go looking elsewhere to get them met. But we're going to stick with addictions right now. Okay, so basically for your emotional needs, every single person has a need for connection. We cannot live in isolation. I know, Tarzan, hello, there's movies about that, but at least he had the animals. We realistically cannot live in, in isolation. Specific parts of connection could be acceptance. We need to be accepted for who we are and what we're contributing, which is another need. We need to contribute to the greater good in some capacity. We all need a sense of community and belonging. That's what families are for, right? We need to accept not only ourselves, but we need to be accepted by other people as well. Look at the increased rate in suicide in youth, kids, teenagers, 
And it all goes back to peer pressure and not being accepted and being ostracized because they can't get away from it now with their phones. They can be bullied 24-7. So we need to be accepted. We need to respect ourselves and we need others to respect us as well. And to understand, we need to be understood. And then a big one is stability. And I think that's often overlooked. We need a sense of stability. Now, some people are really spontaneous and then there are the planners. But no matter how you're looking at those, you still need to know that when you get home, there's what you're going to expect. And hopefully that's a loving family. It's a secure environment. There's going to be food. All of your physical needs are going to be met. And hopefully there's going to be an abundance of love being shared as well. That's stability. We need to have it. We also need a sense of physical well-being. That would be other than the basic physical needs that we're taught. We have to have a sense of comfort, right? Can you imagine being tense and stressed out all the time? You do have to relax your mind and your muscles. You have to get quality sleep and rest. We have to, as human beings, be touched, be loved, be hugged. We have found the hard way what happens in orphanages when children are denied that. They're just stuck in cribs and fed a bottle that's propped up and they're not cuddled. There's serious emotional and psychological damage that's done there and even death. So touch is very important. And then there's that sense of play, adventure and excitement. And drugs, alcohol can help us relax and they can be stimulating. And then what about self-expression? How many artists and musicians have taken drugs to help expand their sense of creativity and give a different perspective? So those are all just reasons, and I'm sure there are many more, that people might begin turning to drugs or alcohol to have these needs met or to broaden their basis for getting these needs met. I'm going to really, really, really boil all that down to make it even more simple. And I think every single one of these, except the physical, I mean, we need, we need sleep and so forth, but on the emotional level with all of these, if we aren't getting our needs met, we don't feel a sense of love. And if we're not feeling love from other people, it becomes harder and harder to love yourself. You see your weaknesses, you see your downfalls and your shortcomings, and then it's easy to start beating yourself up. We don't accept ourselves because we aren't being accepted elsewhere. So for me, in my non-medical background, it all boils down to self-love and acceptance. So what are their lessons? Are these, are these addictions tied into soul growth and soul lessons. Well, of course they are. Just about everything we do on this planet is tied into lessons and certainly experiences. So not only are there the physical and emotional experiences that are tied in with the drugs and the alcohol, and some people finally just get to a point that they realize, I hit rock bottom. This is no longer serving me. I have walked away from everybody I love and care about, or they have shoved me away because of my self-destructive behavior and I hit rock bottom and now I can be here and die or I can pull myself up, go get help and change the course of my life. Those are 
big life opportunities, large soul growth opportunities. I've got friends that are in 12-step programs. I've heard so many just heart-wrenching stories about exactly that, hitting rock bottom. And then when they come back up and they find their legs and then they become these just people with amazing stories of perseverance and triumph and it's just awe-inspiring. And those people are usually the first ones to also acknowledge the trail of destruction that they left behind them, often including loved ones. So what about those loved ones? What if you're one of them? What if somebody in your family or a spouse or significant other or a very close friend is an addict and they're not willing to admit that they are an addict? What is your role in that? And do you have any? Is there any soul growth in there for you? Soul lessons. Is there growth, experience, and lessons? Absolutely. Or you would not be in that situation. How are they resolved? Well, there we go back to infinite possibilities and the sky is the limit. But let's look at what those lessons could be. Because the big question is, how long do I help them? How long do I try to help them? How long do I tolerate this? And is there a time that is just enough is enough and I have to walk away? Well, I'm going to say that first of all, abuse is never okay. If there's physical abuse, you need to walk away now because it's not safe. You have to be physically safe. Your kids have to be physically safe. If there's not physical abuse, there's probably emotional or verbal abuse. All right, now it gets a little bit harder. Yes, because, you know, there's people that are just get really angry and fly off the handle and say things they don't mean whether there's an addiction or not. There are definitely growth opportunities in there. So let's look for the partner. What are some possible growth opportunities in these situations that a partner of an addict could be presented. What about self-love, right? That's the big one. Do you love yourself enough to say, stop, I deserve better than this? Or are you willing to continue putting up with it? Maybe you need to learn how to set boundaries. Loving somebody and being there for them is wonderful. And again, at some point, it's not. So determining where that point is, is learning how to set boundaries. And that can be a really, really tough lesson. Maybe you need to learn how to stand on your own two feet, be independent. There are some people that it just seems like every time you get in a relationship, it falls apart. There's catastrophe. You find yourself back out having to take care of yourself on your own. And you know what? Okay, I'm speaking from a little bit of experience there. There have been times when I felt like it's my job to carry this world around on my shoulders. I have to take care of me. And then when I had kids, I've got my kids and me, and I have no one else to count on. Some of that was my perspective. I'm sure that others were willing to help, but I didn't feel like that was a possibility for me. I felt like every time I started to rely on somebody, that rug was pulled right out from underneath me, and I had to go back to practicing independence. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's a lesson we need to know, whether it's long-term or short-term, that we can be independent, we're strong enough, we're smart enough, we're talented enough, that we have enough self-love that we can be independent for this period of time. It's also very possible that your lesson here is to experience empathy, to learn to empathize with people versus judging them. 
And again, boundaries come back in. Where's the boundary between empathy and being run over? Yeah, and then there's their whole codependence thing, right? Because even if you're not participating in the drugs or alcohol, they're still affecting your life in a very, very large way. And are you enabling that person to continue their addiction because what are you getting out of it? So the truth is every behavior that we continue is because we get a payoff for it. Sometimes that payoff is really, really obvious and sometimes not so much. But I think we always need to look at that as what, what, how am I benefiting from this? As dysfunctional as this situation is, obviously I'm getting a payoff. What is it? And the other thing that I think is real clear is nobody is willing to change anything until the present becomes more uncomfortable than the fear of the unknown. Because no matter how terrible the present is, at least you know what it is. You don't know what's around the corner. If you change your life situation, there's no guarantees and there's always that scary, but what if it's worse than this? So we don't make any changes until we've decided this is so bad, it doesn't matter what's around the corner because it can't be worse or I'm willing to take that chance. Many, many, many lessons and growth opportunities and experiences all wound in here. So when do we help ourselves? When do we help others? And how do our soul pods play into that? Well, obviously, if you're in this situation, it's your soul pod. It's somebody that you love on a soul level, and you agreed to come in and play these roles to help each other grow. If your partner wasn't an addict, would you be able to have the same experiences that you have because of it? No, probably not, unless someone else stepped up. There are lessons here for everybody involved. That was our soul contract. We agreed to come in and help each other through this. Okay, now we're down on this heavy, dense planet and we're going, ooh, I don't know if I want to do this or how long do I have to do this? Well, the truth is you don't have to because you have free will. You can walk away from the whole thing just like the addict can stop and say, I'm done. Okay, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying any of this is easy because I know it's not. However, what I'm saying is you do have free will. You do have the ability and every single one of us is equipped to make that decision and do it. That doesn't mean you can do it by yourself. You can certainly get help and there are plenty of helpful people and institutions for that. But we're just talking about are you obligated on a soul level to stop your addiction? Are you obligated to stay with someone that has an addiction? The answer is no, you're not obligated. You came in to offer each other the growth experience and the opportunities. What you choose to do with those opportunities are completely up to you. So most of us, I think, aren't going to at the very first sign, oh my gosh, you just took a drink, you're an alcoholic, I'm out of here, boom. Unless you've already gone through this and you're just not willing to tolerate it in any way. But if somebody that you love gradually comes into this state of being, it's really easy to deny it and put your head in the sand and think, um, you know, excuse it, make excuses until it's really out of control. So unfortunately, there is no cookie cutter solution to this. It would be great if the answer was, on page 3,924 of Soul Book Guide to Your Life. 
<laughs> but there's no such thing. I'm so sorry. What you're left with is your situation, which is not going to be the same situation as somebody else's. And it's doing the best that you can. So what's your guiding light? Love, love for yourself and love for your partner or whatever family member we're talking about or friend. Love is always the right answer, but self-sacrifice is not, right? You didn't sign up to be a martyr. That's a choice. You signed up to help someone grow. This is something that I just recently heard and I thought, wow, this person had a tremendous sense of integrity and self or self-awareness because this guy said he knew that he was, well, started out being a functioning drunk, is, it was his term, and then realized that not so well functioning, going to the clubs, meeting the same group of people, drinking way too much, going home, and maybe blacking out. Well, the spiral continued, and what he realized was, and actually said this, this is what blew me away, went to the bathroom in the club, came back out and looked at his friends and said, I suggest all of you walk away from me because I can't stop. And I know I'm going to have to hit rock bottom before I can pick myself up and make any changes. And it's not going to be pretty. And y'all are not going to want to be around for this. What self insight did he have? Oh my gosh. But yet did not have what it took to be able to stop drinking yet. He was absolutely right. He had to hit rock bottom. He found himself sleeping under the bridge, blacked out for days at a time, and going back for more. And at some point, he eventually realized this was not serving him and this isn't what he wanted to do. So he literally got out of town, get away from the surroundings, get away from the people. Nobody can change this but me. I have to get my whole new surroundings. And he left and joined AA, every AA meeting he could find. That was 20-some years ago. How very impressive. I mean, that those kind of stories just make my heart so happy, and I have nothing but admiration and appreciation and love. And he said that he knows for him, his lips are the gate. No alcohol can touch those lips because there's no stopping if they do. He just knows that's his thing. I know people that have been through 12-step programs, they're like, I can handle one glass of wine. I'm okay. Whether they can or not, I don't know. Not mine to tell. That's their call. However they get there, they get there. And it's very admirable. And those people, the significant others in their lives, have stayed and not enabled and not been codependent. Or maybe they did and they worked through it as well. But if you've maintained that relationship, you've definitely had lots of experiences and you've grown together. And I would say high five, because I'm guessing that on the soul lesson checklist, those are big check marks that you're going to make on those. What if you didn't? What if you tried and tried and you had to walk away? Like this guy said, I suggest y'all walk away from me because it's not going to be pretty. I mean, he knew. And I don't think any of those people stuck around. They weren't married. They weren't family. These were friends. And they walked away. I don't know if he had, 
he wasn't married. I don't know if he had family that stuck around or not. So what if you don't? What if you are family or that's somebody in your soul pod and you don't stick around? One thing I'm pretty certain of is we are going to get the experiences and the lessons that we want to, on a soul level, get. So if you didn't stick around this time, you might get the opportunity to stick around another time. Maybe all you needed were the experiences and now you've got them. And you grew through those experiences. You learned your self-love. You learned how to set the boundaries or you learned empathy, but you also learned you can't control somebody else and you finally had to let them hit rock bottom. So many different options here, right? All I know is we are growing, we're sharing our growth, we're sharing our experiences, and in every single situation, there is no coincidence. Nothing happens by accident. There are growth opportunities in all of them, and when possible, loving and supporting each other through them is the best case scenario, but there's also loving and supporting ourselves through it, and self-love is huge. So I'm sorry there's no cookie-cutter answer other than love is the right answer. Faced in these decisions or any other situations, I think looking at what serves me and my loved ones best, listening to your inner guidance, and just doing the best that you can do. We're not infallible. We're here to love and support each other. And that means falling on our faces sometimes too. Jessica, thank you very much for the podcast suggestion. And if you have any as well, you can get me at majana at lifeafterliferadio.com. I love meeting you on Zoom to do sessions. If you're interested in that, you can check out our website, soulfoodtalks.com. And you can also get lots of freebies on there. We've got meditations and some astrology reports. And finally, if you're listening to our podcasts and you're benefiting and appreciate them we would be so so grateful if you would go to our gofundme page and it's just thomas and majana audio booth because we have this amazing audio booth now and we're trying to get it paid for (laughs) so thank you so much i hope you all have a terrific terrific day and until next time namaste